Looking to stay in for dinner but don't want to spend a ton of money? Then download Foodbringer, the new food delivery app designed by Harvard grads and powered by illegal immigration. Foodbringer app saves you money by submitting your orders directly to a pool of under-the-table delivery men. Fear of deportation lets us pass most of our expenses on to them, and they don't dare complain. Get your food promptly and cheaply, and if our deliverants make eye contact, you get $5 off your meal at their expense. Eaters of the world unite. Foodbringer. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Wrapping help. Hi, I was wondering if, um, well, first of all, let, let me, because... I've got a rap battle coming up and Christmas is coming up. So I yeah. have a need for um, both sets of wrapping help. I was wondering um, which one you offer. Well, I initially started off offering wrapping help for gifts, like giving you tips and tricks as far as wrapping gifts and holiday mm-hmm. season is approaching. That's why I'm mm-hmm. answering the phones. Uh, but people have misunderstood uh, what, what my business and they've been calling me for a help with wrapping uh, the, the musical genre. And uh, mm-hmm. I have learned to help. I want to, you know, I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. I adapt to the business environment. And so I have, I have brought that on board. That is in my wheelhouse now, as we say in the wrapping business, both of them. <laughs> what? Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. So, thank you. Um, so, so, you know, tell me, tell me your story, but you know, cause I do need to sort of check your credentials as rap expert. I hope you don't mind. No, no, not so fine. That's Thank fine. you. Um, so, you know, tell me about the first time that you were um, hired as a gift wrapping artist who then went and helped um, someone who needed help with a rap, the musical genre. Uh, well, um, I was in a, I was working at Macy's. Mm-hmm. That's a department store. Those used to exist. And so I was in a department store and it was around the holiday season. It was a first week of December. And I was rapping uh, and this gentleman came and approached me and said, excuse me, sir, I have, I've been told, you know, how to rap. Mm-hmm. And I said, absolutely. And he goes, okay, well, I've got some fat rhymes and I'm having some issues. <laughs> and that's when it occurred to me mm-hmm. that he wasn't talking about, you know, picking out a ribbon and some paper and, and me pulling it on and wrapping a gift. He needed help with rhymes. And yeah. I said, I'm your man. So right there. So. What, what did he need um, the fat rhymes for and, and what did you provide for him? He was a funky rapper. <laughs> he had a very funky outfit. His name, he was, uh, his name was Mr. Run is what he called himself. Mm-hmm. He was from a, a band called the Run DMC. EMC. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, what, and do you remember what they stood for? Dexie's Midnight and then something. <laughs> I don't know. I never asked. Okay. When someone has an acronym, you don't necessarily want to ask them what that is. Mm. You know, when I, I met Dr. Dre because he needed some help and I, I didn't want to ask him what Dre stood for. Mm-hmm. Wasn't going to do that. No, that's smart. I met little, little Nas, Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw that X and I really wanted to know what that stood for, but I, I, I didn't ask him. I just let him rub me. <laughs> Okay. 
Well, I'd also like to know what the lil stands for. Well, I think I know because I rubbed him back. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. So now, now hold on a minute. So Dr. Dre. Yes. Um, asked you, asked you for rap advice. Yep. Yeah. He was standing in line right by, he was right behind Flavor Flav. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Mr. Flav got distracted. Uh, he wandered off and then Dr. Dre, you know, came up and, and said, I need some rapping help. And so, so how did that exchange go? What did you help him with? Uh, he was buying a pair of shoes for his girlfriend. So that was fairly easy. It's a rectangle. <laughs> and I just pulled out enough paper, you know, knowing that it's going to wrap around the box. It's a shoe boxes are quite simple. And he went with a, a red ribbon, right? Mm -hmm. Christmassy. And, and the wrapping paper was, was gold. It was very, very cool looking and you know look it looked like a classy gift i was i was very proud of what i did i put a bow on it yep and and that uh, gentleman tipped me two dollars that's well that's big that's well that's rappers do that sort of thing yep that's that's how they that's how they you know get a hundred million dollars and go broke so quickly yeah well you know it's, it's uh, money management is it's easy come but you got to manage it it's like the yeah. stock market you can buy a stock but you got to know when to get out no, absolutely. When Dr. Dre was done with um, receiving your rapping, were you able to give, share any of your sick beats and sort of like pitch him any of your, you know, because by then I assume you had lots of rap ideas of your own. Actually, he left, but behind him was a Sean P. Diddy Puff Daddy Combs. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me and he said, I, I hear you're good at rapping. And I said, well, what do you, what do you have? And I realized he didn't have a gift to rap. And I said, oh, are we talking about the musical genre? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. And he, he kind of told me what he wanted to do. And I, I gave him some advice and it's funny because it wasn't really rapping advice in a way. I mean, it mm -hmm. was, but it wasn't rhyme related. I just said, all right, take somebody else's song and just, just talk over it. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. God, that was you. Yeah. He went over to Sting. He said, can I borrow uh, every breath you take? And Sting was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Gives it to him. And then he just, he started playing it and was like, oh, dead. I miss you. You're oh, so sad. And, and next thing you know, gold album. Yeah. Wow. Well, really, really great work. Um, Thank you. And yeah, no, you're, you're so welcome. So, um, so I'm, um, I need help with a, I need help with a pair of women's shoes okay. for my wife. And I need help with um, like a sick dope rhyme for my uh, son's graduation. Okay. Well, so for the women's shoes, I mean, it's coming in a standard shoe box. Yeah, but I, I feel like she'll immediately sort of feel and guess what that is. So you just want to, well, I, you know, I've tried wrapping shoes individually and it, it's really a nightmare, especially if they're stilettos. Oh, which they are, um, you know, because presents that I get for her, for me, um, what, um, yeah, I mean, I thought you were good at this. Well, yeah, here's what I would do. So you got a pair of shoes. What size foot is she? Uh, 14. 14. Okay. So I would get like a, a Legos box, <laughs> you know, open up the box, take out half the Legos, stuff one of the shoes in there mm -hmm. and, and, and then close up the box. And then I'm going to wrap that. And yep. she's going to get it and you, it's going to make that very, you know, you recognize the Lego noise. Every child in America and the world knows when they're getting Legos. You're not fooling anybody. Absolutely. But in this case, we're fooling your wife because she's going to get that little box. She's going to shake it. She's going to hear the unmistakable sound of Legos. Yep. Everyone knows what Legos sound like. And she's going to hear that and be like, you got me Legos. 
And she's going to stare at you with such contempt because that's almost as bad as getting her a vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. She's going to throw the Lego box down and you're Mm going to hear the unmistakable sound of Legos hitting the floor. And she won't know that there are shoes in there. And then she's going to storm out of the house, pissed that her husband bought her Legos for Christmas. She's going to get in the car and she's going to start speeding and she's going to drive into a ditch and die like Jessica Savage. Oh my God. So I get something for Christmas too this year. There you go. Hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. What's new in your life, pal? Oh, Jack, so many things. Uh, Would you like to hear some stories or a story? If they're good. Yes, I will let you pick. It's the wheel of stories. Okay. (laughs) So there's one story where I just went to have dinner by myself and then wound up with a couple of guys playing pool at one in the morning, which I did not expect. Okay. Or there's the uh, going going to someone's uh, Upper West Side townhouse for a gathering of of parents from schools all over the city who are going, hey, what's going on? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or there's the, the my dog being a murderer again. So three stories you can choose from. You know what? I'm, I'm you know me. I, I like going dark. I got to go with the dog murdering someone, maybe murdering someone from the party or from the pool game, which would be even cooler. No, it's not that. It's different. It's my adorable little sweet thing. Uh, who's no longer menstruating. So thanks for that. <laughs> I no longer have to march around the house with a Swiffer. Yep. Good. Um, or try to put her in a diaper, which is the saddest thing you'll ever see is a dog in a diaper. Oh man. It's two steps below the dog with the cone hat. Yeah. No, it's way more than two steps, but okay, go yeah. ahead. So yeah. So the dog was outside and my son was playing with her. Oh God, and, we lost and- your son? No, no, no. Uh, he's still here. Uh, but he came up to me and said, dad, we've got a problem. And I said, okay. He's like, um, Misha discovered a mouse nest. And I was like, what is, is that even a thing? What do you mean a mouse nest? And he's like, she dug in the ground and she unearthed a bunch of mice. And I think she ate some of them. Oh my God. And I was like, oh God. And then, so we, we wandered over to where she had been digging and she, I guess mice are not super bright. They don't live super deep under the ground. Like chipmunks tend to. They're just kind of right there on the surface almost. Maybe a little, a, a tiny little shell of, of dirt above yeah. their mouse house. And then then just, hey, it's mice. So there are a few uh, deceased baby mice um, <laughs> lying there. And I am assuming the grownups got the hell out of town or were consumed by my adorable German shepherd. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Kind of gross. Yeah, it's sounds anything. super gross. And then she stank. She really smelled. I had to give her a bath because she just smelled all day. From consuming the mice, you think? No, I don't think so. I think she just gets into some business out there in the wilderness and then comes back stinking. Hmm. Don't like it. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, have you ever sort of followed her out on one of her wilderness adventures and to see what she's up to out there? Well, I I let her go out and then I waited a few minutes to make sure that she wasn't uh, looking for me or anything. And then she was doing her own thing. So then- I watched her and I kind of, I put on, my son has a ghillie suit. Okay. For, cause he likes to be a sniper when he plays airsoft. So I put mm-hmm. on his ghillie suit. So I looked like a, a big bush, mm-hmm. just a big mo- mobile bush. Yep. And, and I followed my, my dog around and I watched her go about her business. And it's really fascinating. So I didn't realize this, but groundhogs, mm-hmm. you know, you see them, they dig holes and stuff like that. But they they actually run uh, uh, bars. 
What? Underground bars. No kidding. You see them on the side of the road every now and then, stuff like that. But they actually run underground bars. And there was a little a little bar complex underneath the ground. I was fascinated by it. Wow. It Serving f- human alcohol? Human alcohol, but, but geared for dogs. <laughs> So they, they they have more more dog related names, okay. Like like what? And a lower alcohol by volume because dogs don't need a lot to get crazy. Sure, sure, sure. So like, what what are some alcohols like? Uh, you know, what's some top shelf liquor at the at the groundhog groundhog bar for dogs? Well, they have Wolfski. <laughs> Jesus. And there's there's single malt Wolfski, and then there's blended <laughs> Wolfski. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And then you have Dogka, which is a clear spirit. It can be made yeah. from potatoes or rye. Uh-huh. You can have a martini. You can, you know, if you're if you don't have much of a palate for booze, you just kind of get a dogka and soda. Uh-huh. Right. And have one of those. Or you can, you know, flavor it. Mm-hmm. They have Scheltzer, <laughs> which is like shelter plus seltzer. It's a hard, hard beverage. Also, mm-hmm. it's again for people with no palate. It's just kind of fruit flavored uh, dogka. But um, well, I mean, you know, you know dogs with, sometimes eat trash or their own feces, so I, I imagine that's going to be okay. Yeah, they don't. They don't seem to mind. They will eat. They do eat anything. I've I've witnessed my dog eating goose poop and fox yeah. poop and whatever poop it comes across. It just seems to like. Uh, fortunately, not its own poop because I think that I have to. I have to draw a line in the stand. Mm-hmm. Like that's my red line, and and not like a don't do this in Syria red line. It's a, right. an actual red line that if you cross it, I will disown you as a dog. Mm-hmm. And I've made that very clear. And, and we signed the agreement. <laughs> it's like but, a so, prenuptial, but it's for dogs and about eating dog poop. Now, what are the way that they, you know, really cater to get dog clientele? Like for example, you know, bars in the human world will have ladies night or a you yeah. know, karaoke night or trivia night. What, you know, what do they do to cater to dog clientele? Very similar. Uh, they had bitch night. Oh. <laughs> okay. Bitch night. Nice. Okay. What else? <laughs> um, you know, they, they have uh barky hour, <laughs> which is, like happy hour, except they're just, you know, barking for no reason. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, they, and they have, there are some bars where you don't have to wear a collar. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're collarless bars. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, uh, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, do, do any of them sort of offer a place with like, uh, you know, three-legged cats or, um, you know, anything like that to sort of uh, appeal to their more animalistic side? It's actually really, it's really kind of insidious. Okay. Because yeah. they, there's a, a particular bar there underground uh, run by groundhogs that has a, a handicapped pet's entrance. Okay. And um, so you have the handicapped at pet's entrance sign. But what that does is that leads right down into uh, a door. And when they open that, there's a bunch of hungry dogs there. <laughs> so it's <laughs> just, it's, you know, yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> so you have a three-legged cat who thinks it's going to just kind of pop down underground to get a, a glass of meow low. And, and next thing you know, it's set upon by a bunch of uh, pit bulls. It's terrible. It's, it's <laughs> ugly. It's gross. It's mean. But, but it's good business. That's what I, I guess that's what we're sort of learning about these groundhogs. Yeah, no, I mean, that's why they're, that's why groundhogs do what they do. 
They'd much rather live up on, uh, on the surface, but they can't operate their uh, establishments. Now, do groundhogs run all of the um, the the dog banks and dog movie studios? No, those are run by Jews. <laughs> okay, uh, well that that makes sense. Okay, good. Um, well, well, Brian, uh, that's interesting. Now, now, very, can you sort of quickly tell us about your um, meeting? And so, I'll choose a second story for you to tell us. Mm. Um, can you tell us about your big uh, uh, school meeting in the Upper West Side apartment? Yeah. So there's like this group of uh, parents who are very mm-hmm. concerned about what's going on in their schools. And so they've kind of organized. And so they had a meeting at somebody's, uh, you know, somebody's house in the city. And, and so I went to it and uh, it was kind of, fa- it had this very underground feel to it. Mm-hmm. So you just have all these parents who are very concerned about what's being taught in their kid's school and, and the, the path these schools have all kind of embarked on. And uh, it was really fascinating. It was a, you know, big group of people and very international. Like I was talking to a, a woman who's from Eastern Europe mm-hmm. and her big thing. And I've heard this before from a, a Russian woman and uh, another woman, but they're basically saying that do you people not realize, you know, what's going on. And they, they, they talk about how reminiscent this kind of this, what's going on in the schools, the ideological stuff, uh, how it reminds them of what was going on uh, back when they were in the Soviet union. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons they're here is because they didn't like what was going on. Yeah. But it kind of has that ideological litmus test feel to it. But it, it felt fun. It was kind of like we're all like underground, like you know, resistance fighters kind of co- coordinating. Yeah. So, so how did you, well, first of all, that's awesome. And thank you for doing that. I'm, I'm part of a group uh, in my town as well doing that. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, so, you know, obviously there is a fear, right? Because, you know, if you stand against what's going on, as most Americans do, um, the other side will immediately sort of throw the racist tag, like, oh, you, you don't stand for this. Therefore you're racist. And, and, you know, that's what, that's the weaponize racist. So um, a lot of people are afraid. So that's why you have to do underground things, even though Mm -hmm. you're in the majority. So, you know, what other ways, you know, are those meetings like um, in the underground and and how do you guys protect each other's identities and stuff? Um, Well, when, you know, when everybody first came down, um, you know, they, they walked into the house and we immediately swapped clothes. <laughs> okay. So as in case somebody was following us, we want to throw them off when we leave. It's really a strange decision. Okay, so go ahead. I, I was wearing a, a woman's pantsuit mm-hmm. um, and then they, they just kind of, they, they put uh, camo stuff on my face uh, and an armband, a white armband to show that I was with the resistance fighters. Okay. Um, and you know, I started publishing, uh, Sami's dot literature. <laughs> you want to, you want to expand on that? Uh, yeah. So, but you know, back in the, so you know, in the Soviet times, the, the dissidents would kind of, they call it Sami's dot. They'd put together kind of like their own literature to, to uh, the resistance literature and submit it. So I, I, uh, brought a pr- printing press with me, which I set up in the, uh, in the host's dining room. I, I pulled their dining table to the side. I put my printing press there and I started printing out a literature, resistance literature. Okay. And I hadn't really thought it out yet. So, cause I, you know, I'm better when I sit down and write something. So I just kind of had to do it on the fly. So, so it just says, ain't this a bunch of crap? <laughs> and I, we mimeographed that because it was a mimeograph. And I, I did that. You know, we have like about 4,000 of them. To it distribute. seems like a, yeah, it seems like a bad, bad use of resources. I'm going to be honest I'm, with you. I'm going to spend more time and, you know, be more eloquent. Okay. But I just thought we needed to get something going. Okay. 
So it just ain't this a bunch of crap, unite, and then there's mm -hmm. a fist. And, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, I, I forgot to put a phone number or uh, any kind <laughs> of uh, web address or email or anything like that. So right. it's it's basically letting letting people know that we're out there. Okay. But we're not really good at graphic design or or following through with getting getting people rallied together. The intention right. is there. Um, but you know, we're also we're not super creative. That we we reserved a domain. Oh great. What domain did you reserve? Etsy two, <laughs> which is stupid because <laughs> You know, that makes people think that it's related to arts and crafts and it's not, it's a resistance movement. Right. <laughs> but it was just at the top of the head, you know? Really just the first thing that spat out of your mouth is what you ran and, and squatted? Yeah, because I had just bought a bead necklace for my wife for Christmas. Right. So wood beads uh, sure. by, by a girl in Tennessee. And it, it looked, you know, I mean, it, it looks okay, but what's more important is that it was cheap. And so I had Etsy <laughs> on the brain. So Etsy yeah. to, you know, dot edu, which is again, it's, it's going to, we're making our life harder is what I'm saying. You really are. No, uh, no. Well, it's, it's, that's just poor decision-making, which maybe signifies that you have a, a problem in leadership. What is the leadership structure like in this group? And, and how do you, you know, do you hope to ascend to the top? Well, you know, I, you know, I've always wanted to kind of run a resistance movement. Yeah, I know um, that. You know, I, I, I tried when, when I, you know, I met my wife and we were, I was in Poland. I, I kept saying, I want to join the Polish resistance. And she's like, that, that hasn't been a thing since, you know, uh, 1946. Yep. And I was like, oh, got it. Right, right, right. Cause I forgot the history thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've been always been eager to, to join. I really, that's why I love Star Wars so much. Cause I love the rebels. Okay. Cause when I see them all oh, good, they're rebelling. Good. Good for you. Good on you. Leah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so I've always kind of wanted to, to be in charge of the resistance movement. So when I went to this meeting of, of parents who are concerned about what's going on in the schools, I wanted to show my dominance. So <laughs> okay, this, good. Uh, this one woman, she came up to me. She's from a, a private school in the city called uh, Collegiate. Okay. And a very, very you know, high-end private school, very ritzy. And I, I wanted to make sure she knew that I wanted to be the leader. So she introduced herself as Bethany. And I said, mm -hmm. nice to meet you, Bethany. And I crushed the living crap out of her hand when I shook it uh -huh. to, to let her know. She had a bunch of rings on and I just squeezed and I knew I could see kind of like the the life dying in her eyes Yeah, as I shook her hand. And then I just, I pulled my hand away and I just said, that didn't feel like nothing to me. And, and she just kind of looked at me and backed off and, and then went to go get a glass of wine. That's how you dominated Bethany. How do you, um, you know, how did you sort of make your mark on all the other people at the, um, at the event? Well, there was a big strong guy there. Oh, I, oh. you know, the, the big rule in uh, rising to the top is to get rid of the strong goes. Yep. That's mm. what we say. We call them okay. strong goes in the, in the resistance mm. business. So I saw this guy and he, he was better dressed than I and uh, sure. stronger for sure. And so I, I, pulled him aside. And I said, I got something really important to tell you. And I, I lured him out and we walked down the street. Cause I, I said, I, you know, I have a very important story. And then, uh, I said, do you, do you remember the address of this, uh, the place where we're all meeting? There was, and she, he's like, no, my, um, my wife brought me, you know, I was just following him. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I just said, look at that. And then I pointed and then I yeah. ran and he couldn't, he didn't know how to get back. That's great. 
So I, I was like, one gone, one gone, one strong go down. I assume he just called his wife and she came out and got him. Yeah, which sucks because I was sitting there. I was I was out of breath because I had run around the block to kind of confuse him. <laughs> and in he walks and then uh-huh. kind of looks at me. I'm like, all right, strong goes back. Uh, I need a plan B. What was your plan B? <laughs> I said, I need to talk to you. And he wouldn't listen. He, this time he's like, no, dude, I, I know what's going on here. You're you're a freak. So I'm not I'm not walking outside with you. OK. And then I. And I agreed with him. <laughs> so you just admitted that he had figured out your next plan. Yeah. And I said, well, uh, let me get something clear. Uh, are you trying to be the head strongo? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, are you, you're a strongo. Do you want to be the head strongo? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, do you want to be the head of the resistance? He's like, I don't really see it as resistance as much as I see it as just a bunch of concerned parents discussing what's going on in their schools. Yep. And I, you know, and I kind of backed away from him and I told everybody that he had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good plan, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that people did kind of steer clear of him. So if he did want to rise to the top and be the head strongo, I, I think I diminished his chances. I, I think you did. That's well, congratulations, I guess. Congratulations what, um, to you. <laughs> That's not an appropriate thing to say. Hey, Brian. Yes, sir. The supply chain issues in this country. Yeah. You know, everything's backed up and the, you know, ships going out to, from the port of Los Angeles all the way, you know, around the coast and, yep. you know, major supply chain things. And, and the big fear, the big sort of fear slash prediction is that mm-hmm. it is going to greatly disrupt the Christmas shopping season that people are going to go out. Their kids are going to say, mommy and daddy and Santa, I want, you know, X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z are not going to be available. I know you're sort of an expert in international trade and yep. in, um, in, in marketing. And so, you know, I wanted to sort of really look at the Christmas shopping season to see, you know, how parents can better um, prepare and uh, to see what's coming ahead. Is that, can we do that? Is that all right with you? You know what? I'd love to do that. I think it's important for parents to be prepared what's coming uh, for what's coming this uh, Christmas season. Yeah. Or sorry, holiday season. Hanukkah, Thank you, Brian. Uh, Diwali, Kwanzaa, whatever, all of it, yep. all mm-hmm. the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I want people to be prepared. What should parents do? You know, your kid asks for, uh, you know, some LOL dolls and, um, you know, maybe a Barbie. Uh, and, and they're not going to be available. So no, they're what, not. what do parents do instead when those dolls are not available to give the kids still something to unwrap under the tree? Well, an LOL doll. Uh, and if you mm-hmm. could refresh me as to what those are, I've. I've well, they're these tiny little um, uh, dolls that are sort of all the rage, but you know, with kids between, um, let's say, five and ten. Are they made out of high quality plastic? They're made out of plastic. Great. So they'll be around for eight hundred years. Yeah. Oh my 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 kids, great 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 grandkids can still play with them in the you know in the waters. <laughs> oh great! In the water world, it's coming. <laughs> exactly. They'll float. That's the ideal. That's the ideal toy. Absolutely. Just when you're skimming the ocean, you know, in uh, 2300. And you're going to look out and be like, oh, look, LOL. Yes. And then and then pick up your toys. That's great. It, no, it really is great. <clears throat> so, but it's not great when Christmas is freaking six weeks away, Brian, six, seven yeah. weeks, and they're not going to be there. What do parents do when they don't have that to unwrap under the tree? Well, uh, this is what I would do. 
Okay. So um, right now, you know, in Ethiopia, there's an ongoing kind of a conflict. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and what you do is you establish with your kids that LOL uh, dolls and all LOL merchandise is, is produced in Ethiopia. Okay. And then you're going to, I will get you the clip. Uh, you'll get the clip of um, Tigray uh, people being, or murdering another group of people uh, with automatic weapons. Okay. And you're going to show this clip to the kids and go, oh my God, there goes the LOL factory. <laughs> and you just, you say, okay, well, you know, it's going to take time to get new uh, workers. Okay. And, he's, and then you'll say, hey, kids, kids, I got good news. There's a new LOL factory in Syria. Okay. <laughs> and, and then you get the kids excited and you say, well, let's, let's uh, log in and check out the video feed from the LOL factory in Syria. And then you're just going to show a video of uh, Assad attacking his own people and all the bodies <laughs> and all the white helmets running around and rescuing people. And you're going to say, oh my God, what a shame. The LOL factory has been attacked again. And you just keep saying, and you just keep doing that because there's plenty of conflicts around the world. Go to Myanmar, whatever. Okay. And, and just show, and anytime you see a bad thing happen to somebody, just make sure that the, it's clear to the kids that that was an LOL factory worker. <laughs> and then no, as we get closer to the, you know, to Christmas, you just say, kids, uh, you, your toys have resulted in countless deaths. I wish you would uh, choose something else for Christmas. And by that time, uh, they, they will have lost their excitement in LOL toys because they'll be associated with mass carnage. Right. Instead of like, um, uh, you know, what cute outfits they can wear and, and drinking right. hot chocolate. Yeah. By this time they've seen hundreds of, of dead bodies <laughs> and, uh, and they know that LOL means death and they will change their priorities. Kids are smart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I guess so. It's a, a traumatic way to, I mean, maybe you could just tell them like your toys are locked up in a shipping container. That's harder to explain to a child than showing them a video of people being uh, executed. You know, okay. that's, that is something that's going to stick with them. If you, if you just say, oh man, there's a shipping container in San Diego, we did, truckers can't get to it. They don't understand the whole concept of trucking and shipping mm. containers or San Diego or why California does what it does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess so. Much easier to show uh, death and carnage. Okay. No, I guess you're, I guess you're right. So what, what would you recommend then uh, in terms of what to buy instead of the toys that are on your kid's Christmas list? So, you know, let's say options one through 10, you know, only two of them are, are available. What do you fill up the, uh, underneath the tree? Guns. Guns. Okay. Plentiful. Um, uh-huh. No supply chain problems. I've been to the store. There are plenty. Okay. Um, and you know, it's a good chance, you know, you have friends or family with some lying around that they can just kind of re-gift. Maybe. And that way it allows the kids to recreate the scenes they've been watching uh, with <laughs> regard to the LOL toys. Right. A kid watches a Star Wars movie, then they want to play Star Wars. Right. That and they watch sense. a summary execution and they go, daddy, oh, I, I want to do that too. And then they're outside in the yard recreating. Right. Uh, the execution of uh, pretending of, to uh, summarily is execute the neighbor or the kitty yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Right. Okay. And you know, so you've got a toy and you've got a new project for the kids and they have a new goal. Okay. <laughs> 
So, so my kids are going to want to, just to be clear, they're going to want to ethnically clean my neighborhood? Ethnically cleanse. Okay, sorry. Ethnically clean is not, is not what we say in the genocide business. <laughs> okay. Um, let's switch gears for a minute here, Brian, because, sure. um, you know, there, there, there are some companies that, um, you know, are, are trying to sort of cash in on, on, on Christmas, you know, as, as everyone does, it's the, it's the busy season. It's where a lot of the, um, their yearly sales come in. And so, um, lots of companies are sort of trying to, um, to like rebrand some of their products for kids. Can you tell us about some of the rebranding for different products and how they're sort of trying to, um, you know, appeal to, to kids with maybe different um, mascots or commercials or whatever? Absolutely. I understand that, um, you know, sort of everyday household objects are sort of trying to appeal to kids now, like um, head and shoulders shampoo. Yeah. How, 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 what's, what's the goal there to try and make that into a kid's toy and, and increase their sales? What's the plan? Uh, well, head and shoulders, they're going to repackage it. So it's the same head and shoulders bottle with the same head and shoulders pro- uh, product. Yeah. But you, it's going to, they're going to put a monster face on it <laughs> and it's, okay. his, it's called, they're calling it Blurgo. And it's Blorgo, the scary monster that emits uh, wonder pus. And so, <laughs> you know, you the, when you scare the monster, you squeeze him and his head explodes and wonder pus comes out. <laughs> and if you scare him enough, uh, he's, he's void of wonder pus. Right. And then he's Blorgo, the empty shell. <sighs> Pretty good. Made of plastic. <laughs> it's that your your lols in the ocean can use that as a flotation device exactly that could rest on blargo's head and um uh you, you said um the, the lamp industry is also trying to to cash in on this with um like a, a fun new um commercial to try to appeal to kids yeah what, yeah so what well there's a it's a commercial and there's a little boy and he's lying in bed and it's dark okay and he hears a noise mm-hmm and, you know, he, you can see his eyes, they kind of, they light up and he, he's scared. Okay. And he's in the dark and he looks up to his night table and guess what? No lamp. There's no lamp, no lamp, no lamp on the night table. So he hears this noise and it's on the floor somewhere. And so he very slowly kind of brings his head over the bed and looks and then slithering from underneath his bed <laughs> is his dead grandfather, Arthur. And he shrieks and Arthur shoves a chopstick through his eye. Kills him instantly. Now, you see the rewind look. It's the rewind sound and you go back. And it goes back. Now the boy's in the bed. He hears slithering. And he very slowly looks over and he sees... Arthur, but then he looks up and sees a lamp and he turns on the lamp. Yeah. And, and then he sees Arthur there and Arthur's kind of stuck because of the light. Yeah. And the kid grabs the lamp and just starts bashing (laughs) Arthur's head, bashing (laughs) until it's just like a bloody pulp. And then he looks at the camera and he says, thank God for lamp. (laughs) Uh, Thank God for lamp. Thank God for lamp. You know, what, what kid is going to watch that commercial and not beg their parents for a lamp? The, any kid, every parent would want a lamp too. They see their poor little kid, you know, getting a chopstick in the eye, which nobody wants. No, we don't. We don't. 
uh, last one would be, um, you know, obviously manscaped, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it has a brand new, um, Christmas, uh, marketing campaign. Yeah. I don't know if it's towards designed towards kids or if it's just towards uh, husbands or wives or whatever, but they have a a new mascot, a new uh, jingle, a new commercial. Tell us everything about the new manscaped, uh, uh, ad campaign for Christmas, please. Sure. So, it's quiet. It's nighttime. You can see the you can see the sleigh on the roof. <laughs> yeah, you see Santa go down the chimney. And then the camera kind of goes down through the house, and you see Santa come out of the chimney. Mm-hmm. And he starts unloading the gifts, and it cuts to the kids sleeping soundly. Yep, and they have lamps on their night table, so you know they're not in danger. <laughs> and you see Santa, and he's he's putting stuff together, and he looks over, he sees the cookies and the milk. And so he goes over and he has some cookies and he drinks the milk. And then you see from his expression that he needs to use the bathroom. Right. <laughs> so he goes into the bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you see the kids and they hear noises. Hmm. And they don't know if it's reindeer noises or somebody evacuating their bowels. But, you know, they get up and they're in their beautiful, cute little footy pajamas. Yeah. Their little onesie. Yeah. They're, they're about four, five, six years old. and. Mm-hmm. They, the brother and sister come out of their rooms and they look at each other and then they look down the hall and there's a light coming from under the door in the bathroom. And so they look at each other and they're like, is that, you know, it could be Santa or it could be Aunt B. But, uh-huh. you know, they, they walk down the hallway very slowly and then you see their little hands, put their hands on the doorknob mm-hmm. and they turn it slowly and then they throw it open and there's Santa right on the toilet. And he looks at them, he's like, and he's just like, what the And, and, and he's furious and he jumps up out of, he's kind of terrified. So uh-huh. he, he leaps up and the kids scream because they see that Santa <laughs> has this, basically a Santa beard where his penis should be. And they are, they scream and they scream and they scream. <laughs> and the, you hear the parents, you know, a commotion down the hall and you uh-huh. hear Santa screaming at the kids. And then the father comes out. And he runs in and and he's, the poor kids are screaming there and he sees this guy with this ridiculous beard crotch. Yeah. And he, he puts two rounds in the guy. <laughs> Santa falls back, staggers, trips, and then falls into the tub. Yeah. <laughs> kids are screaming. And then, you know, the mom comes out of the room. Yeah. She's on the phone dialing 911. And they describe what happened and they're like, okay. So he, this gentleman had a, a Santa beard where his crotch was. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. So like, okay, so obviously he doesn't use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> because if he had, his crotch, crotchal area would yep. have been trimmed. Yep. The children would have not seen a Santa beard. They would have just seen a, a, a large a chub old man uh, with, a, with a penis. And, you know, and, and a gentleman, you know, who's just clearly just been dislodged from the toilet because two kids scared him and there would not have been this kind of reaction. The father would have not grabbed his Glock out of the night table Mm -hmm. and and would not have killed Santa and put an end to Christmas. (laughs) And there's the lesson. If you do not buy the Manscaped Lawnmower Mm 4.0, you are killing Christmas. And if you use the code QM at checkout, you will get Mm -hmm. 20% off and free shipping anywhere but the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Huh. Okay. 
Boy, that, that's a complex commercial. That's difficult to watch. It's, it's 18 minutes, so it needs to be cut down. <laughs> but I think it gets the message across. I think it will move a lot of Manscaped. I mm-hmm. think it will teach a lot of kids to just stay in bed no matter what they hear. Yeah. And, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll save lives at the end of the day. No, 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 that's, that's good. That's, that's really what we're looking for. Boy. Yeah. The, the magic and power of Manscaped, sometimes it overwhelms me. I'm going to be honest with you. It is kind of amazing when you think about it. And that's, look, that's not because they're now giving us money besides just the products. It's, it's not. I, like, I, please don't think that. No, I, that, that would be, I wouldn't say selling out, but I would, it would see, it would be kind of like stretching the truth for someone who's giving you money. And I'm not, that's not something I'm prepared to do. Yeah. And I know from reading your books and diary and stuff that you're not prepared to do, the, to do that either. I've talked to your wife about it. Yeah. No, th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, Brian. Well, thanks. And, and Merry, Merry Christmas shopping to everybody. Good, good luck. We hope you get everything that's on your list and your loved ones list. Yes. LOL. <laughs> Jack. Brian. You know what? I don't. They need people to read the news. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of mistrust. They People don't seem to trust Don Lemon or mm-hmm. Chris Cuomo mm-hmm. or Joy Reid or anybody on Fox or any mm-hmm. of these people. They just, okay. nobody trusts anybody. Nobody, yeah. they, what they, they, they want a nonpartisan news person. And I think that's you. And they are, they are auditioning uh, people to be kind of just honest to goodness deliverers of news and not nonsense, not partisanship. Okay. And I feel like you're kind of that guy. You're kind of this centrist dude. Yeah. Am, am I mistaken? Okay. No, no. I, I'd say that's very accurate. And I'd love for my trustworthiness to hopefully come across and help fix the journalism industry, which is uh, almost irreparably broken. Okay. Well, uh, then I wish I had not loaded all the wrong scripts to send you. Oh, that was, like, yeah. That's a like huge a, like mistake. An, like an idiot on autopilot who just kind of loaded <laughs> up the first thing that popped up in, in the folder when it was the wrong folder. Because this is episode 103, Jack, not 102. That's correct. And and this just goes to show just how much I don't have the scripts ahead of time because yeah. you've uploaded the wrong ones and are now There's, burning through valuable time. Val- this, is, this is depressing. This is not what I wanted to happen, Jack. No, I wanted I to be not. prepared. I'm normally prepared. And this time I was prepared, but for the scripts from last week, which you are by now familiar with, but back then we're not. Hold on. Manscaped just tweeted me. They're like WTF. They're really, man, they really, they're monitoring us in live time. I didn't, we signed off so many rights to them. (laughs) We really did. All right. Yeah. I have the scripts, Jack. So what they're looking for, these news networks need somebody who's going to read the news, who's trustable, who's not a buffoon. And uh, okay. they're auditioning folks. I got you in on this audition. They just need you to read this news like a, like a professional. Okay. And, and as breaking news comes in, sometimes you don't always have a, a lot of time to read it ahead of time and prepare. So I, I assume I have to read it cold. God, that's brilliant. I'm glad you came up with that. Yes, it's exactly true. <laughs> news breaks. You need to, to get it out there. I sent you the script. And as soon as you get it, just pop it open. Let me know you're ready. And I'm going to lead you in. Okay, great. Um, I will let you know as soon as I get it. Sure. Cool. Uh, I just got it. Good. You ready? I have just opened it. Yes, I'm okay. ready. Anytime. Hi. I'm leading you in with news music. 
General Electric Company said on Tuesday it was planning to split into three public companies as it looks to cut debt and streamline its business. The news sent its shares up 15% in pre-market trading. GE said it would combine GE Renewable Energy, GE Power, and GE Digital into one single company, which will which will be named TGI Fridays. <laughs> Chief Executive Officer Lawrence Culp says the name should hopefully confuse customers of both GE and the mediocre casual dining chain. Culp said he made the decision in order to, quote, lighten things up, unquote, because he believes that people are, quote, wicked tense about stuff, and he thought they might get a kick out of it. Quote, imagine you expect a washing machine and you expect and you get potato skins. <laughs> What's not hilarious about that? Culp asked reporters while in a bunny suit. <laughs> <laughs> GE will spin off its healthcare division in early 2023, and while the spinoff's focus will remain healthcare, the logo will be changed to a crude illustration of New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with googly eyes stuck on it. I think googly eyes are hilarious, Culp said, adding, I'm not political. This isn't a political decision. Don't be coming at me with that take, jackholes, or I'm gonna slap you upside the head. Got it, home slice? <laughs> Who's this guy? The main company will focus on the aviation business and social justice, specifically on developing plane seating that gives you more legroom based on your place on the oppression matrix. Tall white guys are going to be screwed, I'll be honest, said Culp, who ate tapioca pudding in front of reporters in an effort to make them hungry for dessert. Well, that's a descent into madness. It is crazy. That's weird. That's a weird news report. Um, you just, you know, I just, to remind you, you can't laugh. If you're going to be considered a professional, you can't laugh during the, the presentation of the news. That's a big thing. Okay. Well, when GE would split off into, you know, GE finance, GE aviation, GE, whatever, and call itself TGI Fridays, that is going to make me laugh. That's something I was not expecting. It's a weird, bold move. And I, I admire them for doing that. Yeah. I, okay. I don't. It's a dumb yeah. idea. All right, I'm sending you another script. Okay, I would really like to get this job. It's really going to help sort of raise the um, raise the the podcast and take it to a new level. Yeah, because you could be on whatever network and be like, "Um, by the way, check out my podcast after yep. your show." Of course. Yeah, because people are then going to be googling news guy we trust, Jack Helmuth. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I sent you the script. It should be there any second. I just got it. I am uh, ready to read. I'm going to lead you in with news music. Okay. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, the, Myrtle tri the murder trial of Kyle Rittenhouse is underway. The 18-year-old is charged with killing two men and wounding Gage Grosskreutz, who on Monday I think admitted it's I think it's Grosskreutz. Uh, <laughs> wounding Gage Grosskreutz, who on Monday admitted under cross-examination that he was in fact pointing his own pistol at Rittenhouse before being shot. The admission immediately made Rittenhouse's claim of self-defense seem pretty freaking believable. The revelation prompted the prosecuting attorney to ask the judge if he could make Grosskreutz's uh, stop talking. The motion was denied. He then asked if they could possibly start the trial all over again, quote, for the fun of it. But that was denied as well. He then set about trying to design a time machine that would allow him to travel back to 2020 and prevent Grosskreutz from pointing his pistol at Rittenhouse so that he could possibly win the case. The attorney's final strategy was derailed after the judge ordered him to cease making loud bumblebee airplane and fart noises every time Grosskreutz spoke. Grosskreutz later claimed that he was only pointing the gun at Rittenhouse because he was unsure if the boy had ever seen the front of a Glock. 
At the time, Grosskreutz believed that seeing a pistol tip might have calmed the young boy, whose nerves had been rattled after being set upon by a mostly peaceful but slightly violent mob of looters and arsonists. As Grosskreutz left the witness stand, the prosecutor quietly sobbed into his sleeve. Grosskreutz faced no charges for being a felon in possession of a weapon and was allowed to go home to celebrate the upcoming 11th anniversary of being arrested for slapping his grandmother and breaking her lamp. Got it. News anchor. News anchor. I got it. Well, I'll give you this. You didn't laugh. And that's great. That's a start. But you you mispronounced Grosskreutz 312 uh, times. Yeah, I wish you would at least uh, emailed me the name so I could practice saying the name and not the not the story. It's all about getting breaking news out there. You know, that's a heck of a name. You can't laugh, and you have to pronounce Grosskreutz correctly. Grosskreutz. Okay, I'm, I said it wrong every single time. Okay, I'm ready to go. All right. Travis Scott took to social media to respond to the tragic events that left eight people dead at the Astroworld Festival performance last week. In a video posted to Instagram, Scott said he normally expects one to two people dead max at his shows (laughs) and was stunned at the carnage after thousands of audience members stormed forward in an effort to pick up some of the hair he'd thrown into the audience after shaving his crotch and armpits with the Manscaped Lawnmower (laughs) 4.0. No human hair, pubic or otherwise, is worth dying for, Scott told his fans, reminding them that if they use checkout code QM, they'd get 20% off all Manscaped products and free shipping, except to the Democratic Republic of Congo. Scott said he would pay for the funerals of those who died and would also throw in a Manscaped lawnmower 4.0 grooming system for anyone who'd survived his concert. Fans said that Scott continued to perform for 37 minutes after the concert had been deemed a mass casualty event, meaning that he was almost certainly going to win the Grammy for longest performance ever after having uh, your show declared a mass casualty event. (laughs) The eight deaths still fall short of the record 37 fatalities suffered in the 1976 at Denver's McNicholas Sports Arena when Paul McCartney peppered the audience with automatic gunfire during a performance of Silly Love Songs. Oh, gotta remember that. <clears throat> well, shoot. <sighs> well, gross crates. Gross crates. <laughs> gross crates. Yeah, you know, I, didn't, um, I don't remember that about McCartney. I, I feel like I know a lot of his story. Yeah, the Wings. It's surprising. You go to a Wings concert, you don't expect a former Beatle to pull out an automatic weapon and start firing it into the audience. That's <laughs> got to be shocking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, review us and all yeah, that. And all that. Maybe now's the time to do it for for the holiday season. Yeah, do that. That's the best gift you can give. Yep. If you love your children, yes. Or you don't want a chopstick in them. <laughs> that was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 